Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Paula Castro. And I'm Nick Antony. And today we're talking to Caroline Reed about the wonderful world of kink. Was that supposed to be a whip? You damn right it was. <laughs> we're talking about kink today. Sexy time. Chicka brown cow. I think this is the first time ever that I haven't said, hey, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't even notice. Felt incomplete. <laughs> didn't, didn't even like word mission. Hey, we're on a mission. We're to on talk a about mission kink. to talk about kink, which we've done before. We have, but this is going to be a little different. Different person. Different person. Different energetic. Oh, I'm excited. I am mm-hmm. starting to. So I've been exploring kink now for, I guess, like five Years, five, six years. A minute. But well, I mean, not that long in the span of my life, right? But deeper dive for the past like five years. And I'm in this space now where I'm really looking for like more community in that one of my metamors, one of your partners is involved in a cool, I'm going to say coven. <laughs> I'm say group. Group of, um, of kinky people. Yeah. And um, I'm looking to get into that. And I'm excited because I've never really, I haven't been in the space to be able to expand in that particular way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to sex clubs and all that good stuff. But still, this feels a little different. And so I don't feel like I am like reaching my, if I was an octopus, I would like many of my octopus legs are reaching out. Arms outreached. <laughs> so this feels like a perfect opportunity to speak with Caroline Reed, who is a very lovely being. She's real lovely. <laughs> She's real lovely. It was like, you're going to like this. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she she shared a story with a very very sexy picture, and I was like, oh yes, get it, <laughs> yeah. Without further delay, let's dive in. Let's do it. Welcome to Kitchen Table. I'm Brittany. I'm Nick. And today you are all in for a treat. <laughs> we are with Caroline Reed today, talking about kink. And Caroline is a pleasure activist on a mission to help people embrace their sexuality without shame. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Caroline. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. We are very excited to have you and to to explore kinky topics with you. My favorite subject. Rich, rich, ready. (laughs) Ditto. That and trauma. I love talking about trauma. I love talking about... (laughs) It's a part of the tapestry that we call life. It is a necessity to speak about these things. And the fact that we're talking about this stuff more, I think it's very useful, like putting it in the ethos and Mm -hmm. having it easily accessible. Exactly. Breaking the stigma is things that we, pretty much everyone is into in some ways. So especially trauma, like it's something that we all end up going through. So it's good that you're opening these topics. Hmm. Hell yeah. So where are you in the world? Tell us, because you're not, you're not in Philly. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) No. So right now I'm in Thailand. I've been here for a month and then I'm off to Cambodia in one week. I've never been before, so I'm a bit nervous to go. I'm traveling solo. But it's a beautiful country and I love how you started um, the podcast actually of some grounding work. I don't know if your listeners knew that you did that, but it's very in line with what I've been living here. So it was really nice, really nice. Intro. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, I've been to Cambodia, actually. I was there for two weeks. So it's a lovely, our trip was very intense, but really, really powerful space. So I love that, you know, we can connect in this way these days in, even though we're several time zones apart. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty It's cool. amazing. Yeah. Like imagine like 20 years ago, you know, being able to do something like this, just like stepping on a video call, like completely different time zones is mind blowing, really. It is. You know, this is the things like I love about technology is that we can foster connection like this. Like this podcast is that for us. Oh, yeah. It's connection. Absolutely. And you're reaching audiences that you wouldn't normally have reached, you know? That's what I love about social media, especially in the pleasure positivity space. It's kind of niche. And when you're like meeting people every day, it's kind of, it's not always likely that you're going to meet someone who's into really kinky stuff, you know? When you have that online community, it's so easy to find people who are your tribe. It's incredible. I agree. I feel the same way. You know, we're both growing a community of sexually minded people, right? And I think it's really beautiful that 
my boundaries are met a lot of the times, even on Instagram. And it's great to be able to see people and to, to be seen in that way. Absolutely. As long as, you know, Instagram actually allows it. Because, <laughs> because wow, I know that's a, a whole nother story. Seriously. That's a whole other uh, podcast topic in itself, internet censorship. <laughs> yes, we should, we should do one on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, like, I, guess, I, I just imagine like days of like writing letters and mailing them, like, you know, on people riding horseback to deliver shit. <laughs> like, this is the fact that any information got out to people at all back then. Yeah. It was like, goddamn, like, what would you do back then? Just I know. waiting for like months in terms of getting a letter and correspondence from somebody. There's something romantic about that. Though. I think we should yes, bring it back like, a little bit. That's, that's a long ass time to be waiting for some mail, <laughs> but for sure. I love you. Do you love me? <laughs> Three weeks later. Three weeks later. <laughs> yes. I've moved on. Let's meet. There's a whole new meaning to left on rides, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to hear about your journey before we get into, because I have lots of questions, right? I want to like, I really want to give everyone like a really good download of kink, <laughs> like some do's, some don'ts, what to look for, you know, how to get into it. If you're in it, like, you know, consent, all of that stuff. But I would love to hear a little bit about your journey, Caroline, with kink. Of course. Yeah. So I was thinking about this just before we had this call, actually, about how did I actually get into kink? And something kind of, the penny dropped in my head and it's something that's kind of, kind of alarming. So let me explain. So when I first became sexually active, I was a bit of a late bloomer in terms of the UK, at least. I think I was 17 when I lost my virginity. I don't like to say lost my virginity. My sexual debut was at 17. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> but we're conditioned to say that. So understood. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. It's such a slip of a tongue. So yeah, when I first started having sex, I mean, I'm bisexual, but to begin with, you know, when I was first exploring my sexuality, I was mainly having sex with men. And the vast majority of the guys who I was having sex with at that age, up until my early 20s, were all very, what I'd call kinky, you know? There was like butt slaps, there was hair grabs, there was choking, there was all this stuff. I was into it. But it wasn't until sort of my mid-20s that I was like, okay, I've been doing all of this kinky stuff, like BDSM acts, but never had a conversation about it beforehand. I'd never given consent. I'd never told like various different people that I was into this. They just uh, took it as a given. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how I found out I liked it, but also it's not in the right way. It really isn't. It actually alarms me how little we talk about sex with the people we have sex with. It's crazy, huh? Especially with the like younger kids when they're first being introduced to it and they think that's just normal. So that's kind of why I got into pleasure education or pleasure activism, whatever you want to call it, to sort of say to people, hey, this isn't necessarily what's classed as, as normal. It is something that needs to have some conversation and some education around. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Massive disservice to young people in general with how we educate them about their bodies and sex. And also, I'm always just like, even in my experience with like relationships, this like, how is this so hard for me to just use my voice and speak my mind in this moment when like, where we're literally engaging and like fluid swapping and like, you know, <laughs> like you're in my privates and I'm in your privates and I'm kissing your bits. And it's just like, you say sh- privates. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling judged in this moment, but still, you know, like your bits, your odds, your odds, and then your penis, image, whatever. Like your the, pussy and your cat. There you go. I was like, how can I? You're here. You for know, that. I'm, I'm all about you're here pussy for that and for me. Thank you so much. But you're like, welcome. it's just like, how are we having so many issues stepping past this point and being able to use our voices when we're already engaging in the most intimate shit we could possibly engage in? Like, this is very personal, very private. Like, you know, it's intimate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand sometimes. I I scratch my head when I hit those walls as well. This isn't necessarily the avenue I want to go down in this conversation, but I will speak to this for a moment and you can too, Caroline, is that it's because we're conditioned. It's because of purity culture. It's because of, you know, when something is repressed for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, from someone who works somatically, right? And sexual somatic healing, it literally gets stuck in our bodies. It gets stuck in our throats. It gets stuck in our, our bellies and in our genitals and all that shit, right? Yeah. And and it keeps us from being able to feel safe. Yeah. It's like a nervous system response, mm-hmm. right? Thoughts on that, Caroline? <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I mean, obviously I'm talking as a woman's perspective as well, but 
a lot of the time when we're taught about sex is about how what's what's done to women you know we don't really get taught in our sex education about pleasure for women we're talking about a man ejaculating inside a penis and then that causes pregnancy or stis you know we're not teaching people okay this is how you communicate with someone this is how you get consent this is how you ask for consent so i think even with me it's taken many many years for me to actually feel comfortable to articulate what i enjoy in the bedroom without feeling ashamed of it and that's because part of it is because i don't want to be too masculine it's, it's, it feels masculine to sort of say i want this actually you should be doing this you're kind of protecting other people's egos a lot of the time i know that as women we're, we're often taught to protect a man's ego before our own comfort but it's interesting that, that you said that you have the similar kind of fear of, of speaking up about sex and yeah i agree with you what you said Brittany, about purity culture i think that has a lot to blame for it as well not just in religious households you know in just in the world as we know it even in places like the us and the uk yeah absolutely and i think in my experience with men both being with them and working with them i think a lot of men don't communicate their needs either yeah because there is that like you said it's just like penis and vagina and you know if i'm getting a blowjob like oh thank god she wants to like suck my cock like i can't say anything you know and we're talking about cisgender heterosexual people right now but like you can't ask for anything like it's like i just need to be grateful that i'm being touched like i hear that a lot like this story about and it's kind of goes the other way right with men and so i think i'll cross the board People are not, <laughs> are not communicating. And then when we get into kink, yeah. and I can't agree more with like what you said about that, about your sexual experiences, you know, kink experiences. I remember I had someone, like an assistant once who told me about a sexual experience she had had, and this was years ago. And, and she was like, yeah. And then, and this was like a first time experience. She was like, yeah. And he started choking me. And I was like, what, what, what? Like, let's back up. Mm-hmm. Like, did he ask you if you wanted to be choked? It, no. And nope. I'm like, Oh God. And choking's like a big one. Yeah. And we can get into that. Choking's like Dan Savage talks about choking all with, with Mistress Matisse a lot. Like, no, like don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't you can literally hurt someone, injure them, or kill them. So and I think there's ways to engage, but you know, that's just an example of something that has become so mainstream because of porn. And it's like there's not only is there not consent oftentimes involved, but there's also not an understanding of how to do it properly. Like how much pressure to put, you know, it's one thing to just place your hands gently on someone's throat. Even that should have consent though. It's another thing to like choke someone. Yeah. You know, I mean. (laughs) There's also like a lot of performative energetics around it as well. I mean, in addition Mm -hmm. to getting that information from porn and watching how things are received there and like, oh, I'm going to apply this to this situation. I think the woman I'm going to be with are going to be really Mm -hmm. into this. And if I don't hear like enthusiastic moans and, you know, groans, Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing it right. I need to try something else and be more intense about that thing. Mm -hmm. But nah, just say, is this okay? Like, can I, can I put my hand here? Is, yeah. is, that, is that all right with you? Like, are you, how are you, or checking in and being like, are you okay in this moment? And if someone wants to stop, they're perfectly open and like free to say, stop. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, exactly. Actually, someone said to me recently something that really stuck in my mind going back to porn. They said something like, it's like learning to drive by watching Formula One racing. Porn is entertainment. It's entertainment. And I'm very pro-porn, you know, well, certain types of porn. Obviously, I prefer ethical, where content creators actually get paid. When you don't have sex education focused on pleasure for teenagers or even maybe even a bit younger than that, their first introduction to sex and pleasure is probably going to be pornography. And that's just not the best source of information or education. It really isn't. So that's why I get, again, going back to internet censorship a little bit, that's why I get so frustrated at like how difficult it is to get information out there. Absolutely. Because it's so helpful and it's so necessary. Yeah. Okay, so let's like get into this, into the the nitty gritty (laughs) of this, right? And so I too have had, you know, experiences where we engage and we play and explore and it hasn't necessarily been, there hasn't been something that has been put into place exactly, right? Like people who are truly into kink and understand its dynamics, there are scenes put into place. For some people, there are contracts. Now it doesn't have to happen, but there are definite conversations that happen, right? And I think a lot of people think like, oh, if I have to construct a scene, then, well, that's going to take away from it or that's going to take away from enjoying it. And it's like, no, not necessarily. So can you talk a little bit just about like, okay, someone wants to engage, what that could look like in a way that's really honoring 
the experience, right? And before I want to set you loose there, one more thing, right? Is um, some people think that like, oh, well, I'm only spanking. So it's not varsity level kink. So I don't have to do it. And so keeping that in mind too, because that's what I get a lot. And I'm like, mm. yeah. so how can we navigate this in a way that is consent forward, safety forward, but also fun? Yeah. So first of all, I, I guess I want to focus on the spanking thing because yeah, that's one thing I hear a lot. Oh, it's just a spank or oh, it's just like a little face slap. You don't know what that partner's been through, you know? So like something like a, a spank or a slap, that can be highly triggering to someone who's been any kind of victim of any kind of assault. So what might seem mild to one person isn't mild for the other person. And that's the same with even staying over the night, like sleeping in the same bed, you know, things like this. You just need to be a bit more aware of like the full story of someone instead of just assuming things based on your own experiences. But back to like how to, you know, negotiate and how to find out, you know, how to communicate with your sexual partner what you want to try. Me personally, I'm I'm actually quite shy, believe it or not. Like, especially like a few years ago, I was so shy to talk about sex, talk about relationships, to talk about what I wanted. And I think it all goes down to what your style of communication is. So for some people, it might be a case of, okay, you sit in front of the other person, you're like, okay, so tell me, what are you into? What is it that you really want to try? For other people like myself, I find written communication much easier. So this is something that I started doing with uh, play partners that has, has changed my sex life completely, is writing down, giving a bit of paper to them, a bit of paper for me, and saying like, okay, these are the things that I'm interested in. These are things that I might be open to. And then these are things that are completely like off limits. Like I just don't, I'm not, I have no interest in. And then sitting down and comparing them. And when you do something like this, I, my tip to anyone would be just have an open mind. Don't yuck someone else's yum what might they might be into like it's okay if you're not completely the same it doesn't mean that you're sexually incompatible but you can definitely like find things there that you're both into and it can be a really fun experience to try things for the first time another thing that I have a lot of people say to me is oh I don't want my partner to think they're not good enough I don't want them to think that me bringing kink or BDSM into the bedroom is me trying to spice it up because they're not good enough I think anyone who's interested in kink knows that this is never the case. It's never the case. If anything, when you're with a partner that you're really vibing with and you have such a good sexual chemistry with, you want to try out more things with them. It's natural. It's a natural path. In my experience, when I've brought it up with partners, I really am careful about my language. I say something like, I love what we do in the bedroom together. You know, you turn me on so much and you're making me want to explore other parts of my sexuality. And I'd really love to do that with you. That's a beautiful way to deliver that. You know, if, if it's not been spoken about before, yeah. right? Like for me, I put on my dating profiles, like kinky as fuck. Like, <laughs> but like, if, you know, if you're introducing something, I think that's lovely to recognize, you know, that sometimes people could feel insecure because there's so much insecurity around sex because a lot of times we don't talk about it. Hell yeah. And we don't know if we're, you know, it's vulnerable and we don't know if a lot of our worth is tied up in how we have sex and if we're fulfilling our partner, right? And so because of that, yeah, it's like we hear something and then we project or we, you know, we take that and we internalize it to mean something that it doesn't necessarily mean. And so that's a lovely way to offset that, right? To honor that that might be the case for someone. Mm -hmm. And I really think that really thoughtful and in-depth connections are like good books that you like can't put down that you read over and over again and like mm -hmm. to learn them more deeply. Like you got to learn someone's chapters. Mm -hmm. You gotta learn that's sexy someone's chapters. Like that's the shit right there. And yeah. I love that investigation. I love falling into that and not feeling like I'm sprinting toward that. I love that analogy. That's so nice. I love books. So huh? I'm like the book nerd in me is just like, mm. yes. Yeah, I like that one <laughs> like, too. Sexy in books. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the perfect <laughs> recipe for it's getting hot in yeah. here, guys. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say for wet pussy. Yeah. <laughs> read them chapters, read them chapters, read them chapters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So first that introduction is a gentle one yeah. and is a reassuring one, right? Because you're like the person that's introducing it is also oftentimes insecure, concerned as well. Of course, because so many kinks are shamed. I mean, I always see it's been a long time that people have taken the piss out of foot fetishes, for example. And yet it's one of the like most common kinks. Like I don't really understand the sort of shame and humiliation around that. The same with men and butt play, you know, like it's still, it still counts a lot of stigma, even though we know, we know that a lot of guys are really into it. And thank God now it's becoming more popular. It's becoming more accepted, but that's because the conversations have happened. So we can't be breaking this stigmas if we're not even talking to our sexual partners about sex, you know? 
you shouldn't be scared to bring up something that you're into with your partner. And even maybe myself, like when I was less educated and sort of had more shame myself, maybe I would have been a bit like, oh, like if a guy had said, oh, I want you to peg me. It's just a self-development thing. It, it takes time and it takes practice. You know, I was brought up in a very sex negative environment. I was actually brought up in a cult similar to um, Shay. It wasn't the same cult at all, um, but it was interesting like hearing hers and sort of seeing the, the similarities between our journeys. But yeah, when you're around that sort of environment, it's kind of no wonder that, some, that you might carry a bit of shame and you might project it onto other people. So another tip I'd give to anyone sort of bringing this up with a partner is just have patience and really try not to internalize it. It's so hard because it's such a vulnerable act to share something that is often so stigmatized. Yeah. And so it can be really scary for people to put themselves out there like that. And in general, for me, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I tend to just to vet from the beginning mm -hmm. to be like, Okay. Like I do that on dating apps, so I don't have to worry about it. But again, there's a lot of people that are in like monogamous relationships who are all of a sudden like connecting with things that wasn't possible for them to do that vetting. Maybe they're realizing it in, you know, in like real time and, and they want to have a conversation with their partner. Right. And that's okay. But for me, just in general, not even having to do with sex, if I express a truth about myself and it is denied or deflected or there's defense around it or anything, it is so triggering and wounding for me based on my trauma, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I have so much empathy for people, especially because, and then we put like sex and kink on top of that. Like, oh, like I can feel that like in my body, in my throat, in my chest of how hard that can be to tell someone like, I want you to spank me or can I pee on you or, you know, something like that. And then to be made fun of or to be scoffed at the idea, right? Because oftentimes can we give what we need, right? Which is so hard in the moment. So, you know, that happens. It's like, okay, can we recognize that that person has their own internal stuff going on right now too, right? And can we give space and empathy for that first yeah. and time? You know, and that's the part that is challenging, I think. Mm -hmm. Slow claps and finger snaps on that. Like you said that, and I was just, I, like, it made me just think about relationships I have had mm -hmm. and, and moving through. And I was just like, yeah, you don't know what people have gone through. And mm -hmm. it is extremely hard to be able to speak your mind and also share things that you want to do and have that met with uh, no action or inaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, paralyzing. You're like, oh, wait, I won't say that thing ever again now. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. And me, I'm just, I don't know, I'm navigating the space where I've tried to cultivate that within myself. Mm -hmm. And I have tried to step into that deeper for myself, just being able to say, I have an opinion about this thing. I care about this thing. I want to be able to do this thing. That's been difficult for me. Even within our relationship, that's been difficult mm -hmm. for me. Because at a certain point, I literally was like, I'm cool. It's whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was riding the fine train, like consistently yeah. and not having any pain about anything. So yeah, thank you for that. That gave me a little bit more understanding Aww. in that situation. Yeah. No. <laughs> learning and healing in real time. Learning and healing in Aww. real time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your slogan? Is it your jingle? It should be. It is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's another t-shirt. Yes. I'll totally buy a, a t-shirt or a laptop sticker of that one. <laughs> Please make some merchandise. We're in, Note the, we're in the middle of making merchandise. Yeah, 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 yeah. At some point. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Just settling into that dope as wisdom that mm. came forth. Deep breaths. Lusa. Take it in. <sighs> yeah. So we have these conversations, right? And we work it through. Then what? Then it's time to play, I suppose. <laughs> so I think my first thing, especially when it comes to kink and BDSM, as we spoke about earlier, stuff like choking, it can actually be very, very dangerous. And you need to educate yourself. Like straight up, you just need to educate yourself. And that is not through porn and it is not through Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. <laughs> <It is. laughs> please, please, anyone who's interested in BDSM, please do not let that be a resource. No. It can be a smutty thing you read, but <laughs> not a resource. <laughs> Exactly. My, my advice would be to start with books. Um, start with books, start with sexologists like yourself, Brittany, sex educators, pleasure educators. They are a, possible to find um, on Instagram, TikTok. I mean, as I say, it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. We have to tread the line quite carefully. But some of my favorites for kink is Ask a Sub. I don't know if you follow her. Her name's Le Lena Dune. Oh, 
She's oh my amazing. Goodness, I adore her. She's really amazing. Wow. I would love to, I think she's selling courses and things now, actually. I was having a look at them the other day. I was thinking to get one myself. Yeah. Yeah. She does whole courses in, in kink and things, which I think is such a good introduction because it's someone who's been there, done that. She really knows what she's doing. There are some things, you know, like things like impact play with like webs and vloggers and stuff like this. I think this is something you can just buy the stuff and you can, as long as you're talking about it and you're communicating and you're feeding back and checking in. I think that's something you can just try out yourself, you know, but if you really want to like dive deep into it, then yeah, getting a course and watching content and reading up, I think is the way to go. Yeah. And I mean, even with things like, like vloggers and stuff though, like you shouldn't be hitting on the spine. You shouldn't be hitting on the kidneys, you know? And so even stuff like that, I think like even having a little education around that can be helpful, right? Because yeah, like spanking with a hand is one thing, but like using a riding crop or a flogger and mistakenly hitting the kidneys isn't great. (laughs) Even with those things, I think, yes, I do think that I also like, you know, I've taken some classes and stuff, but I also was like, with a partner, like, yes, let's explore, let's buy some things and and have fun. And so, yes, those things are great. And taking a Kink 101 class or reading a book, grabbing a book, or yes, like, Ask Us Up is amazing. <laughs> like, And she has like a Patreon and a full community. She's also like, the kinky memes are the shit. They're so fun <laughs> and funny. And, so funny. Yeah, so funny. And so there's lots of resources mm-hmm. these days around that, right? Even just YouTube, you know, looking on a video of like how to use a flogger, how to use a writing crop, what to avoid, like those things, you know, I just said, don't hit the spine, don't hit the kidneys, you know, be in communication with your partner. These things are all there. And so, yeah, so I think, yes, get some of these things, explore, notice what you like, and even just like look up a video or, you know, Ethical porn as well. Ethical porn, I would 100% suggest. But it's Erica Lust is one of my favorites. I was just thinking about her name yeah. in my head, but yeah. you said that. I think she's everyone's favorite. She's just so amazing. Like, oh my God, I love what she what she does, what she stands for. Oh my goodness. And, you know, the good thing about her as well is the content creators are actually getting paid, you know? It's a um, much better way of consuming porn. Actually, would you mind if I shout out another, I've just remembered another Instagram creator who I love. Uh, I think her handle is The Kink Educator. Her name's Emerson. Oh my goodness, she's great. She's really great. She does all these like factual, like swipe free things. It takes two minutes to read them, you know, and you've just like inhaled a load of knowledge just like that. When it comes to playing with kink and stuff, there is so much information out there that there's no reason to be going in blind. There's no reason to be scared of it. The more educated you are, I think the more confident you are with it. And that's one thing I would say as well. If you're going in there and you're not feeling that confident, you're probably not going to have the best time of your life. So just take some time to read up, you know, even the websites that you can purchase from, they have whole blog sections, you know, they've got YouTube channels, as you said, there's plenty of education out there. Yeah. And I think it's worth it, right? Because I've had experiences where I've gotten hurt emotionally and physically, Yeah, right? One time I was playing with my partner and we were not using safe words. And this was the early, you know, the early exploration, but we did very deep dives. I do not recommend (laughs) doing what him and I did. It was fun, but it was dangerous. Yeah. It was dangerous. We were in like a little scene that we hadn't necessarily discussed before. You know, we talked about like things we would do, things like, you know, we got on the same page about what was okay and what wasn't. We did that. However, like we would drop in pretty deep. We could go very deep, very quickly. And so he had his hands. He listens to this podcast too. It's a whole partner. So he's probably like, oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, he had his hands on my wrist. And, you know, like I was like laying back, he had his hands on my wrists and I said, no, but I said it in a sub voice. I said it like, no, no is can easily, especially if you get into like ravishment play and things of that nature where you're playing within a consensual space. No can be used or if you're a brat or like playing like which I, you know, can drop into. And so he heard that and he went deeper into his experience of being a dom. And my wrist was sprained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was okay, but it was, I had a bracelet. It hurt for maybe like two weeks. Um, Nick was not happy. Well, why, why, why would I be? Especially, <laughs> in, at, that, especially at, that, at that stage of our relationship. Of our relationship, yeah, because yeah, I, I was still was, obsessed was, with this like, person. What happened? My lips yeah. got tight on that one for yeah. sure. It was just like, hmm, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was both of us, right? It was both of us. And yeah. it was because we didn't play. And now I always play with safe words. And that's something else is that like some people think like, oh, well, if we're not doing anything like too much, like even if it's just spanking, we don't need safe words. It's like, no, no, you do. And simple, like red, green, and yellow and communicating what that means for you goes a really long way. Exactly. And especially because boundaries can change. You know, you can have like a two hour conversation beforehand. You can write things down of what you want to try. Then you start trying them and you're not into it. You need to have something to be able to get out. And to be honest, safe words or like the, as you said, the traffic light system, I think it's, it goes further than just kink. I think you can do it for normal, like just vanilla, whatever you want to call it, partners, especially as we spoke about before, but there's lots of people who have been through something, you know, and you don't know what could trigger them. So yeah, I would recommend it for anyone, anyone having sex. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like slow and steady. Like I enjoy getting slapped in the face, but it's like, don't just like come out and slap me like as hard as you possibly can. It's just like, go soft. And then it's like me saying more, like harder, harder. Yeah. And then me, me, me amping it up and like, that controls in my seat. Like don't just like do it and be like, oh. And it's sexy. I've had moments where I've been like, smack. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it just like, <laughs> Like it just brings it out of me for sure, for sure. Mm. But, but yeah, I definitely feel like me requesting control in those moments is it just makes more sense for me. Yeah. And I think that's a conversation you have to have before. Exactly. Because some people don't want to be slowly slapped. Some people want just to be like whack and they not expect it. Mm -hmm. And that gets them. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about this is funny because I had this happen where the same person. I I, I remember. We did not talk yeah, about it. Talk about this he slapped me in the face. Speaking about communication. And I instantly got triggered. And I'm laughing about it now because the way that it happened was kind of funny because he just got so into it. He was just like, whack. Yeah, and I instantly started crying. And I have so much like compassion for myself, but also thinking about it now, it like startling. seeing it, it was like, it was like a Sex in the City episode. Right? Sure. I'm like, oh my God. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what came over me. Like he just was in it. Yeah. And from that point on with partners, I was like, do not slap me in the face mm-hmm. unless it has been clearly communicated or I ask you to or something like that. And yeah. they're like, got it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so <laughs> it's just, it was just like, whack. <laughs> but, and like, that, that would have got me. I've been like, yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you just don't know. <laughs> just don't know. That does get me. But he, I had never even experienced that with anyone before. Yeah. It was just something that we did. And that goes back to what you were saying, Caroline, of like, you just don't know. Just don't. And in the moment, it can change. And I think that is so important. Like, you can absolutely talk out a scene. You can sit down and say, tonight, we're going to do this and we're going to explore this. And then one person could get, could be like, oh, damn, I am not feeling this right now. Like it's, I feel triggered mm-hmm. or like, you know, I had a really hard day and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we just fall into some gentle touch and can you mm-hmm. hold me? Cause I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling unsafe in this moment. Yeah. Like, yes. Here or we can we do that for a little bit mm-hmm. and then come back? Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's all about frame of mind, for, especially when you're planning scenes and stuff like this. You know, frame of mind is so important. If you're not in the right frame of mind, just, just don't do it. Just don't even bother. I agree. You just have to. And sometimes you can get there, right? Maybe it is like yellow light or red light. Can we pause? Can you hold me? Can we have, as I'm saying this, it's oftentimes this comes down to like, oh, and we're going to get into this, like the sub, the sub needs that. But the dom, like the person who, the top could also sometimes need love, need cuddling, need that too. And there's always this idea of like, and this is a great segue because this is why I reached out to you originally from one of your fabulous Instagram posts. I was like, yes about doms, right? There's this stigma and idea of what a dom is. There's a stigma and idea of what a sub is, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not necessarily true. Like doms still need to feel supported. A lot of times, and you've talked about this, you're doing something that can feel like violence to someone. Like dom drops or things too of like, oh shit, I just did this. And now like, oh my God, am I a horrible person, my predator, like <laughs> early stages of my kink. I mean, before even stepping into a kink space from myself, I was in fear of hurting people. And also looking at my position, like I'm a black man, I'm a black mm-hmm. cis man in this world, and like being able to fight for that and be like, do I really want to go about doing these mm-hmm. things? And yes, it's a consensuality to all of it, but I was still like nervous. Because, be in that. because I'm a strong dude. I don't want to hurt I didn't want to hurt anyone. Unless they wanted to be, hurt. They to be <laughs> injure anyone. And, right? and, yeah. and then as I walked into that walked through that door. 
door, it was more just like, okay, now I got a better grasp on this. Like this is how I can navigate and move through this space and not feel as though I'm like, it's being like a barbarian, just like, you know, clubbing and throwing people off my shoulders. Unless. Unless they request. <laughs> Thinking about this, like, that, I think yeah. it's really healthy. Though. Yeah, I'm like, that would make a, a good uh, scene right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really healthy that you have that awareness, though, you know, like, absolutely, as a dom, you, you need to be aware of, like, okay, yeah, I could potentially be pushing their boundaries here. I think it's normal. And I think, as I said, I think it's quite healthy, actually, to have that. Agreed. Yeah. And I'm more, I fall more of a space of being a switch. Like, like I probably lean more toward being, um, being a sub, but yeah, it's fun knowing that I could like tap into that at times. Yeah. For myself. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a little bit about like, let's break down some dom sub understandings, right? So you're looking to engage with someone or you want to be a dom or whatever it is. What are some good traits of someone who wants to be dominating the experience or a dom? What does that look like? A good trait of a dominant person, sorry. Mm -hmm. Was that the question? Yes, of a dom. Yeah, in DDSM. Amazing. Okay, so in this Instagram post that you were talking about, I basically said... If you spank someone's ass, if you choke someone, if you like using paddles, whatever, la la la, ball gags, that doesn't make you a dom. What makes you a dom is having a lot of respect for someone, understanding boundaries, checking in with somebody, having the traffic light system or a safe word, putting your subs knees, like prioritizing your subs knees, making sure that they're comfortable at all times, practicing aftercare. You know, I think that a lot of things, poor and, and sorry, but Fifty Shades of Grey, it often sort of portrays doms as these like violent, almost manipulative people who are trying to win subs round to get into them to do what they want to do. That's not the case. That's not the case. If anything, I would say that typically the sub is the one with more power than the dom. You know, they're the ones saying, okay, these are my limits. And, and the dom's job is to push them, but also keep them safe. Whenever I've had a good dom, I actually have had, I've rarely had a, a dom sort of relationship because I've got some trust issues. It takes me a, a while to let my guard down. So the ones that I have had that relationship with, they've taken their time. You know, they've respected my time. They've always done everything they can to make sure that I feel comfortable. Because being a sub is, it can be very, very daunting, you know, especially if you're doing stuff like bondage and you're being tied and like, you know, you're kind of giving yourself up to someone and you have to trust them. So first of all, you need to trust this person and they need to respect you and your body. And if they're not asking you, what are your boundaries? What is it you want to try? What do, when you want to stop, what is it that I, that you need to do? What's the signal? I wouldn't even go near them, or at least I would definitely be bringing up these conversations and say, you know, let's talk about this. Let's get this all out so that we are on the same page. You know, as you're talking about that, there's something like really strong coming up for me as someone who's sometimes afraid of my needs being too much. I have a lot of needs a lot of times. I love that about myself that I'm able to express them, to be able to be like, these are my needs. This is what I need, not just sexually, but like all the time and sexually. But what's coming up is because sometimes in dom sub experiences, it is the dom's responsibility to keep the sub safe. And we can talk about this. I really want to unpack this. I feel like this is like something, I don't know, it feels juicy. Like I, can, I can see it. Yeah. I can, I'm like, it's like here. <laughs> my body's like, I'm like doing like this weird shoulder thing right now, you guys. But it's like, yes, the sub has a responsibility to communicate, especially in the beginning and to use safe words. And, you know, when we talk about things like dropping into subspace or potentially dissociating things of this nature, when a sub is in that space and communicating words, using words might not be possible. Like it's definitely up to the Dom to be able to hold that space and take care. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of me that's like, oh, but no, like that's not supposed to happen. But it's like, yeah, (laughs) like this is the dynamic that you're signing up for. Yeah. Right. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts about that. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I mean, a submissive is all about, yes, submitting. It's submitting to someone. So the the dominant person is meant to take the lead because they're dominant. They absolutely, they need to create that space. And also, I think it can be quite daunting a lot of the time, like to be a dom. I'm a switch myself as well. And when you've got somebody in that position and maybe it's one of their first times, it can be daunting to you. But I think, you know, yeah, you have that responsibility of keeping your cool and like checking in with them and making sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you need to know that about yourself. Like taking on that responsibility, Vocalize if you can't, that. then maybe don't take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Comes back down to the communication. 
Yeah. Cause like I had someone who I played with and dated and played with. And when I would drop in to, you know, a pretty deep subspace, like after say like wax play, like I could barely like speak. Mm. <laughs> right. Like I can still kind of ask for what I need, but like, I'm going to need some support. Yeah. Right. And that's very common if you're doing some like, you know, deep or like higher level things, we'll mm-hmm. say. And he would get triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I would have to wind up like having to like care, take, take care, care of him. him. And I'm like, oh, this is just like swimming in codependency. What is that? <laughs> 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 right? And so <laughs> I'm just like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. My needs are not being met. Seriously. <laughs> you know? And so I just think it's so important to recognize like, yeah, you're taking on this responsibility for this pocket of time to care for someone to not necessarily put their needs first. You're still aware of your needs, what you need to show up for them, Mm -hmm. right? But they're putting so much trust in you to take care in this container that you have created. And that's a responsibility. And I think like doms that really like show up, like they know that Mm -hmm. they're like without a doubt. I completely agree. I completely agree. And that's not to say that you can, you know, if you're nervous about being a dom, it, it's not like, okay, that's a write-off. Like you can never be a dom. But like, yeah, as you were saying yeah, earlier, yeah. earlier, like communication, education, like take your time. First time I ever dominated someone, I was absolutely shitting myself, but I, I sorry, I don't have enough to swear on here. <laughs> oh, <all. laughs> you didn't say all the words. Fuck, shit, pussy, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I was going to say, actually, no, you said cock and pussy at the beginning, so I, I feel like I'm okay. Yes, you can say all the words. I like, you're just like, oh, <laughs> like you just <laughs> practice instantaneously. And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no. If we talk about sex, we're cursing. Seriously. We're literally talking about fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> I always do yeah, it. Like, Can I say bad words? <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the first time I ever dumped someone up, I was nervous. And I I did say to them, I was like, look, I don't think I'm completely there yet. I want to be completely transparent about that. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my absolute best. And you know what? Because I'd said it and I got it out there, I was like, oh, what a weight of my mind. And don't mean to blow my own horn, but I, I did great. Everyone had a great time. It was okay. Like Just because you want to be dominant, like don't try so hard to be dominant that you're then not being true to yourself and you're just getting yourself into this panic. I think it's very common. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like throw out those, uh, those training wheels, you know, like, which is like yeah. me speaking it and me letting you know where I'm at so like, I can maintain some level of stability while I'm trying to enact this moment. In terms of doms in general, like I, it just feels like it would make a lot of sense for doms to require some care, aftercare as well. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have, I'm like bubbling over with, with a thought. Yeah. No, with a thought. That's it, right? Because it's not about like, no, you can't be a dom if you can't like hold this space. It's communicating what you have the capacity for. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because if someone was like, this is my first time or, you know, I'm feeling nervous tonight or like, you know, sometimes when somebody has a really intense response, I have a response, I'd be like, great, then we're not going to do this. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to do wax play with you because that drops me in really deep. Let's do this play or let's do that play. You know, I would probably alter my expectations a little bit or we would just be aware of how we would enter into that. Right. If it's something that's new, like express your capacity of what is possible. And then it's my responsibility too. like if I know that like I can dissociate or check out and I need someone to bring me back, like I'll tell them, I'll be like, okay, let's have raspberries because raspberries help to bring me back. Or like, you know, usually I can do it myself, but I just might. This is what I say to people. I say, if you ask me, like if you're starting to sense, it's helpful if you can sense. And if you sense me kind of checking out and you ask me, if I'm okay or if I can keep going and I don't give a clear answer, we're done. That's what I say to them. Mm-hmm. Like I give them the roadmap, like, here you go. Cause this can sometimes happen. I let them know all the things, right? And it, you know, they could be like, well, I don't feel safe engaging in that way. Then I'd be like, okay, that's okay. But like, I just know where I can go, right? And what can happen. And, you know, now I'm much better at like resourcing myself and literally doing things to engage the vagus nerve and things like that. But those things can happen. And so I just communicate them. Like we both have to communicate where we are, you know, what our typical is, and then also like our capacity. 
What is the vagus nerve if people don't know what that is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the vagus nerve is the longest nerve in the body. It innervates with all the major organs and genitals, but then also it's special because it sends messages from the body to the brain. Mm -hmm. And so we can use it. I like to say it's like a nervous system hack. We can use it to regulate and to get into the ventral vagal pathway. So that space of connection, it's literally the social engagement system. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like at the end of Kinklet, like if you need that, like hum, Mm-hmm. or gargle or take your head and move it around the room and find like three red things or you know and and that's going to bring you back into your body mm-hmm. that's unctuous information right there i was like we should define that <laughs> so people can get informed please make some content about that or something that was really in- interesting to listen to yeah well, I'm going to make some content. <laughs> I have lots of things that are just inspiring. I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about stuff. You're going to be tagged, Caroline. I'm like, I was talking to Caroline and yeah. we were, this is some stuff I'm creating because I was inspired. Being inspired in real time. <laughs> we're making a thing. This is a good thing. <laughs> couple more questions about that. So we know what kind of like constitutes someone who, a dom who's really looking to show up, what you can do, how you can show up. What are some, and I hate to use this word, but it's just the easiest. What are some red flags? What are some like caution signs to be like, maybe I need to have a further conversation with this, or maybe like this doesn't feel... Pancake, no. Our cat, our cat almost jumped onto our equipment. Don't you even think it. She was thinking no about pancake. it. Heart. <laughs> she literally was about to jump where all of our like recording equipment is. And oh, get out of here. That would have been fun. We would have lost you. <laughs> okay. It was going so well. I know, right? So, and I'm not editing that out because yeah, no. that's fun. Yeah. So what are some caution signs and like maybe deeper conversations need to be had? I think red flag is a great way to look at that. I know. They exist. Everyone knows what it means. Red flag. Yeah. So, so for me, like a big one would be their choice of language, to be honest. You know, if it's very much focused on violence, then that would be like a, a big red flag for me. Like I actually posted something about this today, about how we talk about sex. People say to me before, oh, you're not going to be walking tomorrow. Or like, I'm going to put you in a wheelchair. You're going to be crawling away, begging me to stop. This is stuff has been said to me when I was like, I think a few years ago, because I think I pick my dating partners a bit better now these days. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if someone's saying something like this to you, then that's not cool. When we say pain is pleasure, we're talking about heightening sensations. We're talking about impact play. You know, we're not talking about someone who doesn't give a, a flying fuck about our pleasure and just is going to just try and fuck us really, really hard, like jackhammering in there without any foreplay, without any lube. You know, that's not a dom. That's not a dom causing someone purely causing someone pain, that's not a dom. We want both of it. We want the pain and we want the pleasure. And we want it to be on our terms. We want everyone to be happy in this. So if they're not asking you what you're into, if they're not asking you what brings you pleasure, like what makes you, what helps you orgasm, you know, stuff like this, then they probably don't care that much about getting you off, but they definitely care about getting themselves off. And also I'd probably question again with the violent use of language, I'd really question their entire personality really and and how they view people that they're having sex with. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I want to add, like, if they don't respect your boundaries, like if they use their dominance to push against your boundaries, because like you are a sub and you shouldn't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big one that I hear. No, you are absolutely supposed to have boundaries and express them and communicate them. And like, no. <laughs> Literally everyone is meant to have boundaries. Every single person, even like small beings, everyone, that is something that in our culture, as a global Mm. culture that people get really, really sensitive and be like, oh, you don't want to do this. Oh, Mm. you said no to my thing or you don't want to go, you know, and you're just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, like my child doesn't want to hug you right now and it's okay. Ask permission. It shouldn't be an automatic given that anyone should give you a hug, period. If they don't want to hug you, they don't want to hug you. I try to be really mindful that my best friend's son, who I have a very close relationship with, is too. And I try to like, like, because I'm just like, sometimes I just like, I don't want to hug you. I'm like, can I hug you? Like, I want to like ask him, you know, like, or kiss him. And like, sometimes he like ignores me or doesn't. I just, I'm like, that's okay. Yep. Like, I'm really trying to instill that, Mm -hmm. right? Let's quickly move on to, because I feel like a lot of times we spend time on doms, but like, I feel like subs, it's important to like have some like green flags and red flags since now I'm embracing the flags too, right? Because you could be a dominant and you could be looking for someone to play with. And there could be some things where you're like, 
oh, well, does this person really, you know, are they able to communicate? Like, And so what are some green flags, red flags for someone who wants to be a sub or wants to play with a sub? It's kind of difficult to answer because I want to say somebody who's able to communicate their boundaries clearly. But at the same time, like so many people struggle. So many people struggle with that. So, so let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. So you're like, yeah, somebody who can communicate, but people struggle with that. And does that make them not able to like engage in this play? Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's also doing the work around trying to, you know, get better with communicating that. If if you see a very conscious effort happening in front of you with someone aiming Mm -hmm. to do that and who's actively doing that work, I think that you could probably be like, okay, and and kind of move into it in a different way. Like go slower or Mm -hmm. pace yourself in a way that feels a little more reasonable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to capacity, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not doing varsity level stuff with someone who consistently defers. Yeah. It's not black and white, you know. <laughs> there are many shades of gray. <laughs> it's a spectrum. Sorry, I had to. I had to. I had Full circle. To. Full circle. Bravo. Kinky pun. Thank you. <laughs> Kinky bad kink pun. So what do you think about that? Is like, if I was a dom and I was like, okay, what do you like? What do you, you know? And they're like, I don't know. Communicating that in a way that's like, okay, well then maybe like, do you like this? Do you like that? Like you can kind of take the lead for that. But I think like there has to be some form of, I would say to someone, if they were like, oh, I can't communicate it. I would be like, well, then you need to do your work. Exactly. That's what I would say. You know, but I'm a little no-nonsense when it comes to that shit. No, I I agree with you. As you say, like, as I said earlier in this podcast, you know, some people find it difficult to talk verbally, but there are other ways of communication. Yes, the dom should be there, like, providing a safe space. But at the same time, if you're asking them a question, are you okay with X? And they're like, "Mm, yeah, sure, sure. And they're just saying yes to everything and not giving you any information. I wouldn't play with them as a dom because I'd be like, I don't actually know if I'm stepping over a boundary because they're just not going to tell me. And I don't want to get to a point where I've put someone in a dangerous or or upsetting situation or triggering situation because they failed to communicate to me. That's not on me. It's a tough one. And I empathize so much with these people because I've been there. But I went to therapy, (laughs) you know, I went to therapy and I did the work. And now I say exactly what I want and exactly what I don't want. And it is hard, but we all need to do it. And we all need to do it in every single area of life. And if someone can't communicate their boundaries when it comes to sex, they probably can't communicate their boundaries when it comes to other things too. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm all about people who Mm. who can tell me what time it is. Yes. Tell me a word. You don't like that? Got it. I won't do that no more. (laughs) That's how you create safety for the dumb, right? I mean, for both of you, it's absolutely for both of you. But like, that's how someone who's taking that role, that's how they feel safe. If they're like, okay, like we had this conversation, just like what I said, like, okay, she told me all the things. She told me how she might need to be taken care of, how she can take care of herself. Great. Like hear that. But yeah, like, because you want to feel safe moving in. Like we talked about like engaging in these acts that could hurt someone. You don't want to feel like you're going to injure someone, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to feel like that. You want to feel confident. And I loved what you said, Emily from Sex with Emily podcast and, you know, her um, Instagram page. Like she, I think on her website, I want to actually do one of these because I think it would be valuable. She has like like a kink paper, you know, it's like a kink sheet where you can check off like, I like this, I like this, I like this. And, I, you know, what similar to what you said, Caroline, and kink swap sheet. it. Kink sheet. I like it. Yeah. And so you can absolutely do it that way. Or you can, I mean, even like a text message thread where you're like, tonight I want you to do this. And so I agree. Like if that's something that you can't do moving into these situations might not be safe and that's okay like just because you want to immediately get into kink doesn't mean that that it can be dangerous it can re-traumatize things that you are trying to subconsciously work out you don't even know that you're doing Mm -hmm. and so i really think that like go to therapy or educate yourself do that inner work so that you can thrive in whatever pleasure you choose to engage in boom I completely agree. Actually, I wanted to ask your opinion on something, Brittany. Um, It's something that I see a lot of about sort of pathologizing kink. I don't want to be in danger of doing this myself here, but I was just thinking as you were speaking, if I know from my experience when I was younger, I kind of used kink as a way to own my trauma, as it were. And I spoke to a therapist about it. And you know what? I'm happy with the kink that I explore now. It's not triggering for me. It doesn't bring up any trauma. If anything, like I don't even think it's anything to do with trauma anymore personally my own kinks however 
what, what would you feel if somebody were sort of trying to go into kink as, as a way of like fucking their demons, as, as some people say? Like, what, what would your advice be to someone like that? Do you think it's a good route or do you think they should be speaking to a therapist before going down that road? I was just, Nick and I got in a huge conversation about this because Dan Savage had someone on recently who talked about using kink as a way to work through trauma. And I was just like, you know, and they absolutely gave a lot of good advice because it was like this way of like feeling like you're in control and feeling like you can speak and all of that. And so I get that. I don't think that all kink comes from trauma. I don't think that there is anything wrong with someone because they want to do kink or they're broken. Do I think that a lot of people that engage in kink have experienced trauma? Yes, I do. But that doesn't mean anything. That's like period, the end. And that's okay. Do I work out a lot? Have I worked out a lot of my stuff? And some of it was subconscious of my trauma in kink? Yes. Was all of it rewarding? No, some of it was definitely re-traumatizing, right? You know, I spoke to my therapist at the time about this and he really was like, and I agree with this, like you can absolutely re-traumatize yourself if you are not mindful and intentional. And so I think that, yes, you can engage in this way, but I think it takes a lot of consciousness, especially if you know, like you want to do something specifically, right? I think it takes a lot of communication and a lot of inner work personally. And I know people would probably disagree with that. I'm from a space of like, do your work. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like that's just where I'm from. And so, yeah, I do think that it can be deeply healing. And I think that it needs to be the right circumstance. I'm always a proponent of therapy, of sex therapy, of going to a therapist. I think like if you're unsure then yes, like seeking out a professional to support you in that journey or someone like a dominatrix or someone who is deeply professional and already understands these things. So yes, and. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you. I was reading through your website earlier and I was like, I need to ask her that question because it's something I think about so much. And like people ask me all the time when it comes to kink, oh, why have people got foot fetish? Why are people into like um, consensual, non-consent, you know, things like this? It's not always because they're traumatized or because I don't know, like, I don't know, like they saw their mom's feet when they were younger. You know, I, I think that we try and put so much meaning onto kings and, and it's really not needed. Sometimes people just like what they like. You know? They do. Yeah. And I think it's again, like, and that's the thing. It's like, if you like something, it doesn't matter. Like, just enjoy it. Now, if it's coming for me, like some of it is very, very clear, like my brat and how I engage with men versus women and all of that. It is crystal clear what I am working out with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. again, we're getting on time, but I have to tell this quick story. This one time I was engaging, I was with the, there was this couple, um, we were texting, sexting. It was a male and he was bringing out my brat, right? And I mean, I was being so bratty and we had therapy maybe 20 minutes later. My therapist at the time was male and oh my God, I- It translated over. <laughs> I did not stop being a fucking brat. I mean, I was a brat with him a lot because like, I worked yeah. out a lot of shit with this therapist. But oh my God, like, and I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, no more sexting right before therapy. I mean, hey, we work a lot of shit out that way. But I mean, it just, it transferred right into that therapy Mm, session. I don't recall. No, I do. I think it might've been the time where I tried to flip over the chair. Oh shit. Um, (laughs) I recall that. That's a different story, (laughs) but... That Nick wouldn't, I got super, and that might not have been I'm going to have to need to hear about that one another time. Another time, yeah. another time. Didn't flip over chair, only because Nick is really, really strong and held the chair in place. Well, it was like, it was a virtual <laughs> session. We were at home, but so yes, we all have our moments, everyone, yeah. right? No shame, no yeah. shade. I was proud of my response on that moment. Though. You were great. I, he was, was I like, tried to lift the chair and Nick literally wouldn't let me. I was like, she needs a moment. <laughs> he was, was like, like I was like, ah! We'll sit here and we'll wait for a little bit. It was great. She'll, she'll come back. Yeah, it was. I did that come back. No, you did I not. sat and cried in the back. Now nah, we wrapped it up. I was like, wait, I think that's a conclusion. We're right digressing there. now, talking about Britney's therapy. Okay, it's all great. But yeah, I agree. I think that you know, if you like being peed on, if you like degradation, if you like getting your toes sucked, or you know, fetishizing someone else's feet, if you like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, getting tied up, getting spanked, being called dirty little slut, being called a cum dumpster, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. Yeah. You don't have to figure it all out. If awareness comes up as to why and it feels sticky, then talk to someone about it. 
But otherwise, like, just fucking enjoy yourself. Yeah. And not like you're a human being that exists in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that are, are coming from us left and right and all over yeah. the place. And we, you know, you grow up and you move through this, like, school is weird. Making friends is awkward. Yeah. And having your first intimate relationships is awkward in the beginning. And then, like, you're just learning. You're just learning. It's all good. It's Continually. okay. Once you no come, problem. Once you get popped out, you're just like, whoo, world. What's this all about? Okay. <laughs> my my fingers, these are crazy. <laughs> like, tie my shoes. Next. Riding a bike. This is fun. You love to go through this I trajectory. Love being a human he does this often it makes me feel way more grounded in terms of yeah people being like assholes in the world i'm just like oh you went you were someone's baby once like even like jerks i'm like you were someone's baby i'm like what happened to you like jesus christ man (laughs) you were someone that's a really good way of humanizing people actually you were once a baby (laughs) you were a cute little baby you were a toddler so tiny now i know your numbers or your figures Uh, you're totally just (laughs) that's that's, that's Okay, so I totally was like, we're not going to talk. You did. That I, was, I was watching it's the like, time. Are, I was just like, I can't help myself. I was like, I'm going to cut it at like 50 minutes. This is not happening. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Sexy question. Um, sexy question Flip. time. Because we'll just keep going. Okay, so ready for rapid fire questions, Caroline? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Okay. It'll be like some sexy and some heartfelt. What is romance for you? Oh, that's hard. What is romance for me? First thing you know what? The first thing that popped into my head just then was someone paying attention to little things about me and then bringing up things or doing things like based on that. You know, if I say something in passing and then someone remembers that little detail about me or like gets me something like a gift or something to do with that. I don't know. Something in my heart just makes it like... (laughs) I feel very valued, you know. I love it when people really just pay attention to little details. It's such a small and simple thing. But I love it. We get that so often when we ask this question yeah. of like about being seen and heard. Oh, yes. Powerful shit. I love that. But I love the specifics of that little thoughtfulness. Yeah. Okay, you're up. Was there like an animated character growing up for you that you were like, I got a crush on this character oh. ever? Yeah. Yeah. What And what was it? If you feel like you don't mind sharing. Okay. Okay. There's two that spring to mind. And I was actually having this conversation just yesterday. Whoa. Intuition. Number one is Meg from Hercules because the hips, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) She's sexy. And Hercules, I mean, I liked her more. And Hades. But we won't get into the Hades one. And second of all, Scar from The Lion King. Oh, Oh, shit. Oh. I'm so into him. He's so mean. Like, he's definitely a dog, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> that, that. That's, great. that's a great response. I love that. I love that's it. Amazing. Okay. How are yours? I need to ask. Oh, mine? Do you have one? Oh, let me try to think. Try to think. Uh, Falcor. I feel like he is always, like, dominant. Falcor from NeverEnding Story. The, the luck dragon. Oh, in Fal- in NeverEnding dra- Story. For some he reason, loves- I was like, that dragon looks so cutting. He once said he wanted to have a threesome on top of Falcor. How dope, how dope would that be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <Yes>. love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, since I already brought it up, if you could have a threesome, yes, it could be like a regular human, right? Like famous person. It could also be a mythical creature. It could be like anything. Anything goes. Who would they be? You know, at least one of those. And why? <laughs> well, mine might be different. Maybe different. Might have changed. Oh, that's difficult because I feel like there are so many. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It could be an orgy. Orgies are welcome. Okay. The first one that sprung to mind was Megan Fox and what's his name? Her boyfriend. The musician? Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, yeah. Is this the one that kind of like dresses like, you know, he looks all like, all like sickly and and, he wears a lot lot of pink. Them two together, I don't know. Something yeah. does it for me for some reason. Yeah. That's a popular thing yeah. these days. It really is. They it look is. like they'd be so kinky. Oh my god. Probably. Oh she's well, probably so kinky. Oh my god. Like yeah. So yeah. We're all taking a moment to just be like, yeah. Megan Fox is kinky as fuck. <laughs> we just yes. know I'm gonna be going on her Instagram right after this call now. She's like, oh <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're up. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? A teleport. I would like to be able to fly, but like I don't know, teleportion, it just seems to be like you'd be able to earn a lot of money from doing that. You'd be able to go wherever you want. Like It just seems practical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly, flying would be chilly. For the longest time, I thought flying would be my jam, but I was just like, it's not cold as hell up there, like for real. Like, I don't want to be cold. Okay, 
what is a sexual fantasy or kink that you haven't yet explored but want to that you want to share with us right now? Male, male, female, threesome. Oh my God, stop it. That's mine. <laughs> you never had it? No, it's the only thing I haven't done, literally, that I want to do. That's high. Maybe water play. Like, I'd be down for that. Like, I don't need it, but I'd be down for it. But like, everything else I've done, I have not had an MMF. I have not threesome. Tireless. I really want to try one. I've, I've been offered some, but it hasn't been the right thing. I wasn't feeling the vibe, you know? I I feel like with women, like I'm attracted so much to so many women, to be honest. But men, like, I'm so, I think men are great. But like, I don't know. I've just never met two at the same time that I'd want to fuck at the same time. So hopefully it'll happen. And I, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you too. Thank you. I hope this for you so much. See, for me, for I want both it. of you. This is for Thank both you. of you. I want it to be someone who's into men. Yeah. Because like, I'm not, I don't even care about them fucking me, to be honest. I just want to like, tell them what to do and maybe like suck a dick with someone or something, you know, like we do it together. Yes. (laughs) It's going to happen. Like I'm feeling it. Oh my goodness. No doubt. That would be my dream come true. Right? Look at this bonding right here. I love watching this guy. (laughs) We're both like, give me some bisexual men. Yeah. I'm fully grounded in this like. If you're listening. If you're listening, <laughs> be careful. Be with careful that. with that shit. Get all the we'll get dick pics now. All the dick pics. Like, god damn it. Okay, one more. Okay. If you could have sex anywhere in the world, where would it be? Okay, there is this. I already know the answer to this question. <laughs> um, there's this like pod on in Peru somewhere on the on the side of a mountain, and it's completely see through, and it's like a really massive. Have you? Do you know what I mean? See and it's that. a massive oh pod. Yeah. There. Because I'd be so scared and I think I'd be into it. Yeah. Oh, I can feel that in like, I can feel it in my taint. Like the heights, just like, seriously, heights is like, I love roller coasters, but like the idea of like this like high thing, just like, oh my God. Yeah. I can see that being thrilling. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to look that up because I don't know what it is. It's super cool. I can, can, you did a very good visualization. (laughs) It's been so wonderful. Communicating and connecting with you, Caroline. Same to you guys, Randy. I feel really happy. I feel really good energy, everything. So thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Yeah, thank so, you. Thank you. This is, oh, that was, I feel so filled up. Sometimes I didn't have it today. Sometimes I have resistance about like, oh God, I have so much to do. And now I have to do an interview. Yeah. Today, I was just super excited. Your post this morning on your stories, I was like, yes, I can't wait to have this conversation. <laughs> it was like, you, you see this photo, watch, you go like a nick. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Uh-oh. this is great. Okay. <laughs> it's just like really <laughs> like, this is great. This is great. Okay. So what you got going on? What do you want us to know about what you're doing? If you liked what I said on this podcast, um, I've got Instagram. Um, the handle is Caroline underscore X with three O's. Probably need to change that to something more memorable, but we'll we'll get there eventually. And I'm also on OnlyFans as well. I do take a lot of pictures of my big ass. And I've also started giving weekly sex tips on there as well. That I've just started like a, a week ago. Yeah, because I was I was figuring, well, Instagram's probably gonna like kick me off soon. So I'm trying to turn OnlyFans into a bit of a sex education platform as well. So yeah, that's where to find me. Excellent. So we'll have all that in the show notes, the OnlyFans as well. And um, yeah, oh, thank you so much. This has just been stimulating and lovely and fun. And I feel the warm fuzzies. It's been a goddamn treat. Thank you so much for listening. Follow Caroline at Caroline underscore X on Instagram. So that's C A R O O O. L-I-N-E underscore X. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram and check out my website at BrittanyPolacastro.com. And we are on Twitter. Check us out at K Table Podcast. Follow me at Nick Anthony Photo on Instagram and check out my website at NickAnthony.com. Editing by Audionauts. Music by Greta Hotmer. And like, subscribe, follow share this podcast a review really does go a long way so if you can leave us five stars that will be most appreciated and share this episode with someone who might dig it please help us spread the kitchen table love (laughs) y'all till next time